0: Welcome to another episode of The Insatiable Appetite, the Hartman Group's podcast on everything related to food and beverage. I'm Danielle kleiner Cantor, a consultant on the Hartman Retainer Services team, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Senior Consultant Robertson Allen, to talk about air fryers and ways that consumers are using and not using appliances to help smooth things out in the kitchen.
1: Happy to be here with you today and talk about this, Danielle.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Rob. So you are the lead qualitative researcher for a recently published syndicated study on meals called At the Dining Table 2021 American Meals and Cooking. And I was wondering if maybe we can talk about a few kitchen gadget trends that the study highlights. And it seems like a good place to start might be with this point that is made at the beginning of the report about consumers concept of what an ideal meal looks like and how that concept can both shape consumer aspirations for meals and often leave them feeling like they're coming up short.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, So because meals are really an experience that structures consumers' lives daily, you know, for for the most part, everybody has meals, at least somewhat regularly. Uh, And because of that, American consumers have more of this shared cultural understanding of what a meal should ideally consist of, um, and also where it should ideally take place, and what kinds of feelings people should ideally have uh, when they're taking part in it. And so there's this whole bag of uh, physical and emotional aspects to the meals that make the ideal meal a culturally shared um, thing, an idea. Um, And that's different from snacks, uh, because we can't really talk about a shared American cultural understanding of what is an ideal snack, right? Um, That just sounds weird, um, because snacks are way more individualized, and they're unique uh, to the person and to the situation. Um, So, one thing that we're consistently finding in our qualitative research is that this shared understanding of what a meal, an ideal meal is, and what it should be, um, it goes beyond people just saying that a meal should have things like a protein, a starch, and some vegetables. Um, And that's a very consistent thing that consumers say. Um, An ideal meal needs to be something that's uh, tasty and nutritious, uh, filling, made from scratch as much as possible uh, with fresh ingredients. Um, And it should probably have multiple dishes. Um, It should be thought out and planned in advance. It should be made with skill and that's just part of it Uh, because there's all these other emotional connotations to meals that make them more important um, as ideally shared events where slowing down, appreciating the food and enjoying the company of others is important too.
0: That sounds like a lot to consider for most people. (laughs)
1: Right? Yeah, it is. Um, And that's where consumer aspirations can meet uh, really a brick wall uh, because most people simply don't have the time and uh, the physical or mental energy to achieve something like that regularly. Um, And it's important to note some people do. Some people, you know, get really close to what this ideal meal standard is. Um, And a lot of folks also get there on things like Thanksgiving and holidays too. But, you know, in addition to time and energy, a lot of consumers just don't feel like they have the skills to pull off something like that either. Um, and, you know, there's this idea that meals used to always be like this concept of an ideal meal uh, and maybe they were like 80 or hundred years ago when you know, we had uh, housewives working all day long to get in the kitchen to make three square meals a day for a family um but one thing that we highlight in the study is that at least since the 1950s uh, consumers have used more convenience oriented solutions that can help them save that time and energy but still get something on the table that's getting them closer to the ideal meal
0: yeah that's really good points and it seems like that's where things like products and kitchen appliances can come into the picture because they can save consumers that time and energy and also bridge gaps and things like skill.
1: Yeah. 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 So even the most highly engaged consumers are looking for solutions that help relieve those constraints, like time and energy, inspiration, knowledge, um, dietary requirements, all these different things. They're looking for solutions to help relieve them of, you know, thinking about those too much but still enable them to get and achieve these scratch cooking ambitions uh, in a more convenient way. Um, So, more widespread home cooking over the past few years in the pandemic has prompted some, um, and especially younger consumers, to acquire kitchen appliances, Um, and air fryers have been especially compelling tools. Uh, Fully 20% of Americans bought an air fryer uh, during the pandemic, and that's almost twice as high as any other kitchen tool. Um, And interestingly, pre-pandemic ownership of appliances was uh, pretty consistent across generations, uh, though younger consumers tended to own more of those kind of trendier kitchen appliances like the air fryer um, or the instant pot, sous vide machine, water carbonator, and pasta maker. Uh, those are all more popular with the younger younger consumers, um, and at the same time, both Gen Z and millennials uh, purchase kitchen appliances of all kinds, but especially the air fryer, in much higher numbers than older cooks during the pandemic, and that's that's consistent with life stage um, and setting up new households.
0: Yeah, and. Speaking of those air fryers, we've definitely been hearing more about them recently, whether on social media or in consumer interviews. And I'm curious, what do you think air fryers and why do you think air fryers in particular are resonating so much with consumers? And is there something different about the air fryer and its ability to resonate compared to something like the Instant Pot, which also Mm -hmm. was a pretty viral kitchen gadget?
1: yeah yeah you know like three years ago instant pot was the the new big thing um but we're hearing about air fryers that they're they're pretty simple and they're easy to operate Um, a lot of them have a single function that can be used uh, for a bunch of different ingredients so it's really about that combination of ease and versatility Um, and to compare it with the instant pot uh, it's interesting because the instant pot seems to be more polarizing. We had some consumers that we interviewed who were like all about the Instapot and and loved it and used it almost like multiple times a week. And then we had other consumers who uh, said that they bought it a few years ago and now it's just collecting dust on the shelves. Um, and you know, it's it's just not not as consistently of a response that the consumers are having. Um, and so Instapot is a lot more polarizing, and, and perhaps the key point here is that you know, a- appliances are resonating with consumers. Uh, the ones that resonate more are those that are easy to operate um, and fit a versatile range of uses. And Instapot seems to only fit the versatility part of that, and it's not necessarily as easy to operate right off the bat.
0: Yeah, that's really fascinating. And it seems like this intersection between meal preparation tensions and aspirations could be a rich area for white space opportunities to address both longstanding and emergent consumer needs around meal preparation.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Food companies with all kinds of expertise can uh, engage consumers who are using kitchen appliances like the air fryer, Um, And we think it's critical for businesses to understand those kinds of key questions around what appliances consumers are using, uh, answering things like the why and the when and the how they're using it. Um, Because understanding the answers to those questions, um, and that's one of our strengths here at the Hartman Group, um, can illuminate uh, those white space opportunities for how companies can uniquely position their offerings uh, to align with consumer behavior, uh, both now and and looking forward in the future.
0: Awesome, Rob. Um, great points. I think that's also a great place for us to wrap up today. Uh, at the Hartman Group, we are continuously staying up to date on consumer behavior and developments in the food industry. And we're here to help you navigate any questions and challenges about what they mean for your business. So please reach out to us with any questions. And thanks so much for joining me today, Rob. And thank you all for listening. Catch us again on the next episode of The Insatiable Appetite. Thanks, Danielle. Thanks, Rob.